Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Super Top Podcast. I'm Moshin, recording in Vancouver. And I'm Podrick, and I'm too warm under this blanket already, even though we've just started. And where are you though? <laughs> I'm at home in Vancouver as well. We usually cover ourselves up in our podcasting pods, which is a blanket in my case. Yeah, we, we go to extreme lengths really for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so welcome to episode 39 we're going to go through some of the recent updates to castro some plans for what we're going to be working on we have some thoughts about some search stuff that's going on on the server and in the app and then afterwards we'll touch on uh, spotify and some changes that have been happening there recently some news from spotify and ways that we think that might impact castro or thoughts related to the spotify news anyhow so that's what we'll be doing for the next while. So sit down, strap yourself in. Sounds good. Um, so we got the local search update out in early January, which might be the first time we've ever got a feature update done in January before, because usually January is just trying to recover from Christmas and actually get back into any kind of a work pattern. Yeah, no, that was, we did a good job. I think it was just like, yeah, January 30th, I think we got it out in the end. Yeah, that was like with local search stuff in the app. So you can search through your subscribe podcasts or even episodes with, within the podcasts. One thing that we switched up in, in now with, with that was as the first version was our version numbering. So that was like, instead of counting up from like Castro 3 to 3.1 to 3.1.1 or whatever that we switched to. Now it's 2019.1 is that version number because we wanted to switch away from like worrying about what the version number means or what does it say about like what's going to be in the version and stuff like that. So we just wanted to be this is the first update of 2019 and the second one's going to be 2019.2 and .3.4 and next year we'll move on to 2020. Yeah, and we were able to hire a new iOS developer. Indeed, that's been good. He actually did 99% of the work on local search. So that's that's a big part of why it actually was ready in January. And yeah, we used Core Spotlight to do to do all the local search stuff. So the results are obviously inside the app, which is the main place you can access them. But you can also get them on the iOS home screen. So it, it's kind of nice to use the Apple frameworks when they're available. And it seems to, I've always been able to find episodes that I'm looking for. So it seems to do the trick. Yeah, it seems to be working pretty well. I don't use it in Spotlight all that often, but sometimes I do to like find a specific episode if I can't remember what podcast it's in. It's nice that it's there as well as, as an alternative way. I mean, other people are going to use their devices in ways other than me. So I'm glad that we get to have the power of both ways. You can either go into the app and do the search there or talk to Siri and do a search or whatever way you want to do a search on, on your device. Uh, you'll be able to find podcasts and episodes in Castro. So I'm glad we have that out the door. We were talking about in January how each of us hadn't done all that much work on it and that, that like we had been like distracted with lots of the like transition to tiny stuff and a bunch of like planning out future things and stuff like that. But it was so great that we have I feel odd calling him this the new developer without saying his name, but we <laughs> It's a mystery developer. He may he may reveal himself in in a future episode. Yeah, maybe we'll have him on. Um, but anyhow, yeah, it was great being able to like have that have that update come out, even though we hadn't personally had been able to devote that much development time to it. But to have a nice update like that coming out first thing in the year started things rolling, I think, the way that we want them to be going for, for 2019 and beyond. So that's a good feeling. Yeah. And so on the topic of search, I've been working on the server side for search. So when you're the local search is about episodes and podcasts you already have in the app and the server searches finding new podcasts that you want to subscribe to. 
So for super fast history of search features in podcast apps, the thing to do if you're starting a podcast app is use the Apple iTunes API, which is totally free. It's got every podcast that matters. Um, it's fast enough. And yeah, it's just like an XML or a JSON endpoint and it works. Except we used that for years and then eventually it had, I think, about two weeks of downtime back in 2017, I think. And then there was an issue where brand new shows just, they'd show up in the Apple Podcasts app itself, but they wouldn't actually come back in the iTunes search results, like the iTunes API search results. So they were just missing shows, which really sucks for users who want to obviously subscribe to brand new shows. Because it's free and because it's Apple, you don't really have any recourse if it's not working, except, well, you can file a radar and it might get fixed eventually, but it's not like you can call someone and be like, hey, my search feature in my app is down because your API is gone. Can you please fix it? There's just nobody to call or nobody who can deal with it if you do call them. So then we moved to a Postgres-based, which is our database, a Postgres full-text search, which was good enough. It's what we've been using for about a year, but it's not super fast, especially when you, the search terms are small for some reason. And it's not that flexible. As I've learned more and more about search, there's like a million different ways to do things or like different processes to use for different types of search. And the Postgres one ha hasn't had all the flexibility that the option we've decided on has. So I started learning Elasticsearch, which gives us really fast results um, and gives you like tons of flexibility and it scales like crazy to any level of users. I'm still still learning how to query it optimally for podcasts. We've got it in one of the test flight betas at the moment, and it's definitely working well enough. The results are really fast. I'm just getting the ranking figured out. We need a way to be able to weight the search results that come back, because if someone just searches for podcast, there's a lot of podcasts that have the word podcast in the title, and we can't just show them in like alphabetical order. We need some way to know which should be the number one. The only piece of data we really have is the number of subscribers. And because Castro has been around for a long enough time, this actually does a great job for 99.9% .9 of the time. But obviously for brand new shows, it kind of sucks. So we'll eventually have to get some kind of uh, something like take into account the recency of the show as well and like balance that against when was the first episode versus how many subscribers does it have and give that some kind of weighting. Yeah, I remember even in Castro one days, like even when we were just dealing with iTunes search alone, like battling with some of this stuff because of how the iTunes search worked, we had to do two separate searches. Anytime somebody searched for one thing, we would do two searches against iTunes, one for the podcast and one for the author, and then merge those results into each other and then try and take like episode recency. And then we didn't have a number of subscribers as a way of like at that stage in Castro one, we didn't have data like that mm -hmm. so it was all about like yeah the initial ranking from itunes and then yeah i think we did basically penalized shows for if they hadn't like had episodes in over a month or over a year or whatever it was like different levels of penalties that they would get yeah i remember we had like the talk show from when it was on five by five and then it moved but of course the previous one was still coming back much higher in itunes search even like months after and we wanted the the one with the newer episodes to come up. So that's I think that was when we started looking at like recency of episodes. Yeah. That was definitely a stage in, in development when lots of our decisions or lots of our like priorities were always around like individual specific cases. <laughs> like Castro One was like a 
absolute demon for that where it was like even down to like visually how the app looked everything was tweaked for like a handful of our favorite shows and what they were going to look like and like or what we thought were going to be the most popular shows that our users of the app looked at i think we're trying to like move away from that like we try to not just fix something just so that it, this one particular result comes back the way that we want it, but to actually like be a bit more rigorous and yeah. So anyhow, that's a aside. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It's cool to have like a specific piece of software that's just for this rather than trying to like hack it into something else. So I think we can get to pretty good results. Like I would ship what we have now because it's better than our previous version, even though there's still new ways that I would like it to be even better. But longer term, we can do really cool stuff. Like we can tell the server what podcast you ended up subscribing to after you typed a few letters and use that to weight that search term higher for that podcast, even if they're not like extremely related. So then it's much more likely that as you type, it's going to show exactly the show you want. There's a little bit of extra server cost because we have to host that on its own server. It takes a lot of RAM but it's really nice to not. This is part of the the tiny transition. Uh, we actually have some resources now, and it's so nice to not agonize over like, oh man, should we spend another $100 a month? Like, yeah, obviously, if we can make the search feature way, way, way better, um, and people who start using the app for the first time can get their shows much quicker, then that's worth spending a little bit of money each month. So yeah, I'm excited to get that out and really excited for the where it can go in future. And overall, like, Building out new competencies and learning new software always feels like a really useful thing, both personally for me, if I'm ever doing anything else, I now know Elasticsearch. And also for like Castro, the team that we have all this capacity to do like different things. Understanding search engine software is definitely going to be a strength, I think. Yeah, I can only see it getting even more and more important in the app as we go forward. Like these improvements that we've made to search already so far this year definitely feel like okay this is the start of like we can have even better search in the app we can have even better search on the server as users start having like more and more podcasts or like i just feel like search is going to become even more and more important to how people manage the stuff that they already have and also how they find new stuff so i'm glad that we're making improvements in in all those directions totally so that'll come out in 2019.2, which I imagine will be a few days after this podcast comes out. And another cool feature that's going to be in there in the same part of the app is we've completely revamped the discovery section of the app. Yeah, so discovery was this section of the app that had been the same basically ever since we launched Castro 2 back well, I don't know even how many years ago that was at this stage. And it was a screen of the app that even at that point, we were like, okay, we know this is not good enough. This isn't what we want it to be, but it's time to launch and let's get it out there. And then years passed and it was still the same. And I think it was, I'm delighted that we finally have been able to take another swing at it. So the old discovery section was basically just, you had search at the top, which is still there. And then you had a list of the categories and just plain text categories you tap into a category and see essentially the itunes charts in those categories but didn't encourage browsing that much i don't think it was purely text-based not very engaging and we had no ability to like feature specific shows or like highlight the ones that we thought were going to be the best shows for people to jump into because it was just based entirely on the itunes charts so the new discovery section, um, essentially it's a feed of featured podcasts. It's a vertically scrolling 
like view. So it's not like one of these like featured sections that's like this like awkward kind of carousel or something like that, which I've never really enjoyed interacting with. Essentially, this whole tab is now a feed of featured podcasts. So you can scroll down and else we'll be adding new podcasts over time. They'll show up to the top. And I kind of want it to be that like this is a section of the app that not that you have to check every day, but that you know that every week when you go here, there's going to be a new feature or two. And you want to kind of just go there and see like, oh, I wonder, like, is there something interesting, something new for me to jump into? The way that it's set up at the moment is that we have one feature from each of the main categories at launch. And then under each feature, you can tap into like see more. So for example, if it's like, I think we're featuring a song explorer under the music category, uh, but then underneath there, you can just tap in to see more music podcasts. So if you already know song explorer or you can just tap into more music and, and find more stuff there. There's a couple of things that I'm really excited about this. Number one, like I, th- I think it looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we have uh, Jesse James Hurlitz to thank for that. It's been another great thing about um, being part of the tiny family is that we get to work with other people from the quote unquote family. So Jesse has been helping us out uh, with like some graphic design stuff. It's been a really kind of new approach to like how we how we deal with like the like the final visual design of what the app is going to look like, because we've never used to like do up, say, pixel perfect mockups of, okay this is what this feature should look like when it's finished. Our previous approach or like for years has been basically to do some rough sketches, feel good about the structure of things and the hierarchy and the ideas of like how things should be, how interactions should work and stuff like that. And then to kind of jump in and start building it out and get a rough version working and then polish how it looks and like slowly over time get to a point where it's like, okay, yeah, this this feels like a super top level of quality of like what this thing should look like and how this thing should work and now we're happy to ship that the problem with that side of things is that like we never really knew like how close were we to it being finished because it was always like oh we know it's not quite right yet but like yeah we'll tweak some more things or we'll try some other ideas um and then eventually it gets to a point where it's like you make a few changes and it's like okay yeah wow this is great this is done but throughout the whole rest of the process you didn't we never really knew how long something was going to take because we didn't know how much of this visual tweaking was going to have to happen before we were happy with what it looked like night mode in castro 2 is the perfect example of that where we knew in theory, yeah, we want to have a night mode. It's going to clearly be a darker version of what the app looks like. And we know some of the things that we're going to do for it. Like we're going to make sure that we fade out the artwork a little bit more. Or we're going to like change. We're going to obviously we're going to change the colors, but we never knew what the colors were going to be. And so for ages, we're going around with this night mode that we were like, okay, we know we have to have night mode in the app. We don't like what it looks like and uh, just have to trust that at some stage we'll get to a version that we do like. And then I remember at one stage sitting down for an evening and just like for four hours, just being like tweaking the colors, tweaking the colors. And then eventually by the end of the night being like, okay, I feel really good about this and we can ship this. And I remember that being a real turning point in the development of Castro 2 and being like, oh, actually, we feel like we're actually getting close to shipping this thing now. As we've been working with Jesse on some some of the newer stuff, including this discovery stuff, he goes. He goes off, and well, number one, super quickly. He's so talented, and he just gets back these really uh, inspiring designs to us, like in the blink of an eye. It feels like sometimes <laughs> we have we have an idea, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh yeah, well, this is what it could look like," or this. But with the discovery stuff, it's like 
that feeling of like looking at even just a static mock-up or and being like, okay, yeah, that is definitely what it should look like. We haven't even touched the line of code for it yet. I remember already feeling like, oh, this is basically done already, even though we haven't done any development <laughs> on it. It's like, and then the development seemed to like go so much smoother on it because maybe this is just so obvious and every developer slash designer who's listening to this is going to be like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's definitely been a new thing for us to work from like high fidelity mockups like that and the sense of progress that it gives us and and even the sense of excitement about like, oh yeah, I think we can sit down like for a week or two and like get knock this out and we know where we're going and halfway through, we know that we're halfway through and that there's, when you know what the end is, it's like, it's much easier to get there, I guess. <laughs> I think there's a, a few more reasons why that's working out so well. One is, Jesse, I think, has used Castro for a long time. So mm. he gets it and he knows what it's about, um, which I think really helps versus just like bringing in a completely new designer who has never used Castro before. He totally understands the style and what will make sense in the app. And as well, because we've been so, we've known that the discovery part is this neglected corner of the app. And it's so nice to do something about that at last. But we've had some good ideas of what to do with it. And I think we were able to give him a good spec of what we were trying to do. And then because he understands the app and listens to us well, he was able to turn it around into something really good, really fast, as well as like bringing some of his own uh, flourish to us. So yeah, it's just been, it's been super nice to get to work with someone who's been a fan of the app and also is a really talented designer. And yeah, the process is seems a lot better. That feeling of like, oh, now it's done. I get that feeling all the time at points when like it's definitely not done. And I think it comes from, okay, all of the confusion or all of the scary parts that I don't know how to do, those are done. Or like hmm. all the questions are answered. And now all, all we have to do is just press keyboard buttons for a few days and then it'll be done. <laughs> so... Like when you get a, a good reproduction of a bug. Yeah, it feels like it's already fixed. Yeah, that's that, and it, it's the beginning of the end for the bug. Like as soon as you can reproduce it, it's definitely getting fixed. Like you'll you will track it down. There's no doubt about it. It's just when you can't even make it happen again, then you you can never know if it's actually fixed. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. I think one other thing that I just occurred to me now. So this is not in our notes, but like in terms of what like what helped this section come together is that. You mentioned that we've had plenty of ideas of like what we wanted to do to improve discovery, but they've all, they are quite disparate and they involve lots of different things. Some of them involving manual manual curation, some of them involving whatever different machine generated stuff. I feel like we hadn't really had a concept for like how to pull that all together in a way that like is also something that can ship soon and then be expanded out into into different areas afterwards. So I feel like this idea that we have for now where it's like basically a feed of of features i mean one criticism that i would like imagine that maybe might be leveled at it, the first version of this that ships is that like maybe some of the features are kind of obvious but you mean like they're they're famous shows that lots of people will know already yeah exactly so like they might it might just be like okay yeah these are yeah of course these are like the initial features but we kind of want to think of this as like this is the beginning of us building up a list of like what we think are like the best podcasts so like for now it's totally fine that like maybe they are kind of obvious like song exploder like maybe some people are going to be like yeah of course that's like such an obvious feature that thing has been around for years but it's like this is us starting to build a library of these are the best shows and yeah song exploder is one of the best shows even if it's like Plenty of people who've been into podcasts for ages already know about it. Like, that's okay. 
just going to be some new users who haven't heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Um, like one spitball on this is that like what we talked about before about like ways that we can improve search or like ways that we can weight stuff. I think potentially the idea of like when we have featured a show in the discovery thing that that could potentially lead to like okay that gives it a bit of a boost in in search results because clearly this is a good and important show and like yeah if somebody is searching for something that matches this but also some other stuff that like us having featured it might be a good indicator that this is like more relevant search result than some other stuff Mm -hmm. yeah that's not a bad idea anyhow yeah but I, i sorry that was a total aside but I guess the idea is that, yeah, at the start, these are like maybe some kind of obvious recommendations, but also the ability is there for us to be publishing new recommendations each week. And the ability is there for us to start publishing different types of recommendations and different types of of content. So right now it's like a featured podcast and then you can tap more to get into a category. But we have other ways that we can be featuring stuff in the future that will still feed into this well, excuse the pun, but we'll feed into this feed idea where discovery can continue being a feed. It won't always have to just be a feed of podcast recommendations, but it'll be a feed of, it could be episode recommendations, collection recommendations, other types of feature content. I'm excited to get that out. That's going to be in dot two, the next update as well. It yep. feels great to have these lined up and just coming out every like six to eight weeks, just some kind of cool new feature, especially ones like this that have been coming for a long time. So I'd love we could get dot two out on the twenty eighth so that then like dot one would have been January and dot two would have been February, but that's totally just me being like <laughs> that it'll be out very soon anyhow, even if it's not uh, technically February, but it'll be out in the next few days. Those version numbers don't aren't supposed to mean the months but they may end up being pretty close to that if if we keep up our our speed. Oh, it's so nice to not have like 3.2.2.b underscore final draft four as our <laughs> version numbers. Like I used to always like just two levels feels kind of okay. Um, but once it gets into three, I really hate it. Um, so I'm so happy we just have like something really straightforward that's just going to count up. Yeah, I like not having to decide as well. Like, okay, well, are we going to classify this? Like, does this get us to a Castro 3.3 or is this really only a 3.2.6? Yeah. Like, it's the, it's the second update. It's it's dot two. The third one's going to be dot three. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, and yeah, it, feeds, it works well with the idea of people have subscribed to the app and now they should just be getting new features regularly, uh, not just like Big Bang 4.0. We haven't released anything for 18 months, but now it has these 25 features all at once that you're not going to care about because you'll only read the first two anyway. Yeah, exactly. Because we're not going to hold on to stuff just so that we can have a bunch of things together. It's like, we want updates coming out. Whatever's ready is ready. We have stuff for dot three that's already close enough to ready, but like not quite there yet. But it's nice to even already know what dot three is and already have been making progress on it. And yeah, we'll get dot two out submitted at least out this week and hopefully out by the end of the week. But also dot three has already started. And as soon as that stuff is ready, that'll ship too. Like we're not going to like be holding stuff back. Yeah. So that's all the stuff that's coming. Um, the other, the big news in podcasting lately has been Spotify acquiring Gimlet and Anchor. Anchor. This is sort of old news now, maybe because it happened a few weeks ago. So we won't rehash the whole thing. Uh, we'll give you some links to people who have done a good job of explaining it. I think we really just want to get into the the uh, anything unique we can bring to it in terms of like the impact on Castro or how it, it fits with our strategy. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the impact on Castro. I guess even just in terms of like the indie podcasting in general, like what, like lots of the stuff that we say here about like what is the impact of this on Castro, I think also applies to other indie podcast apps as well. Yeah, definitely. So everyone knows Spotify, their online music streaming company. They're like the number two in podcasts in terms of usage now, which is kind of amazing. They just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I think like two years ago, they didn't even have like podcasts in the app at all, right? I mean, I think I can't remember exactly when they started doing it, but I think it's within the last two years. And yeah, to become the number two. Yeah, num different numbers float around. Um, it's very hard to measure because no one really has good data in podcasting, but numbers between 7.5% of downloads to over 20%. So yeah, no matter where you fall in that range, it still makes them the number two podcast app. Um, and they're growing so fast as well. So the two companies we mentioned, Gimlet and Anchor, Gimlet makes, if you listen to podcasts, you probably know them. They made that startup podcast originally, which got them got them going. Reply All is one of their most famous shows. Basically, they make really good podcast content. Uh, so Spotify buying them, that came out first, and that was like, oh, okay, interesting. Spotify is going to probably... You uh, have exclusive shows at some point, like, and I think Gimlet have said that their current shows will remain open for distribution everywhere, but future ones might be just exclusive for Spotify. But then the really interesting part was Anchor, which is more of a like YouTube style thing for amateur podcasters to get into podcasting for the first time. They've made some really cool iOS based tools for recording your own podcast. Um, it's totally free to host on it. And Spotify buying them was the maybe the bigger news, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, in terms of like the day when the, the announcement finally came out and the Gimlet stuff had leaked and then the Anchor stuff only came out when it was made official. But that was really kind of like the, a double exclamation point at the end for me when I read the news. I was like, oh, okay, then this is actually... And it's kind of a two-pronged approach as well, which I think kind of it's like, yeah, by going with like a really good content producer i feel like that's kind of a bet on like the future of podcasting or of like the future of what people are going to be listening to on podcasts being like really well polished like well produced shows and then the anchor bet has always felt more to me like it's a more of a bet on the like the tail of the graph where like yeah, if more and more people are going to start making shows and even if lots of them don't get to like be aren't like as professionally produced as say the stuff that NPR or Gimlet or us are doing. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely more of a statement of intent that they're like, they're serious about being big in podcasts. They don't just want to buy a couple of big shows on the top. They want to start getting them earlier on, I think. And probably offering some kind of advertising deal where, I, I, well, I've no idea what they'll offer in the end, but I don't really want to just repeat what others have said in far more detail and um, much more clearly. I'm mainly thinking of Ben Thompson and James Allworth on their Exponent podcast and Ben Thompson's Stratechery blog. If I understand it correctly, part of the big idea people have around what podcasting could be, like in terms of revenue, is that if at the moment most of the advertising that happens is very direct product advertising, like get a square Casper mattress and use this code to sign up. Like it's a very clear product that you're buying and uh, they can really measure the return on the advertisement by seeing how many people visit that and how many people, sorry, visit the URL they give and how many people sign up. 
versus what they know their customer lifetime value is. But the big dream that a lot of people who want to get rich in podcasting is is to bring in more of the like generic brand advertising like Coca-Cola. If you can be big enough to sell Coca-Cola like 10 million listens, Spotify, for example, could distribute that among, you know, 10,000 podcasts that they know are going to be played in the correct geography. Um, and then they can really bring in much more money to it. So that's kind of the the big picture set of assumptions, I think. Um, I'm sure I haven't done it much justice, but that's maybe the big fear of podcasting apps, like third-party podcast apps, is that they would crack that. Because then as soon as they have that like money tap opened and they're just getting hundreds of millions or billions in advertising money, they can just buy everyone. Like They can buy off every podcaster. They can offer good deals to new people signing up. And over time, it can become exclusive. Like they can be really cool and open about it for five or 10 years, and then they can just gradually turn it off as they manage to centralize it more. Um, like I'm thinking about Twitter with the third party clients. Not cool. that Spotify would have third party clients, but that like third party apps are kind of like those. Anyway, I want to talk about Castro more, <laughs> not Spotify. So. <laughs> One side of things for indie developers and like, I mean, for us making Castro or like over the coming years as as Spotify, no doubt, like does continue to grow. It will continue to grow, but it, I mean, Castro, I think can also still continue to grow. Um, like we can talk about what Spotify's approach to like how Spotify deal with podcasts in the app itself, or even like, like who is, who is Spotify bringing to podcasting and are there still like are Spotify opening up the market more by bringing more people into podcasts and there still is room for others on the sides or are people moving away from Castro and apps like Castro to listen to podcasts in Spotify? Those are questions answered and I guess things that we can hypothesize about at least one on one side of things like i know that for years like anytime apple like got into like a specific like started sherlocking other indie dev developers or getting into like specific areas i know we and others have like made the point down through the years that like okay apple when apple does a feature like say reading list in safari they do it well and they bring it to like they can bring it to more people but that in a way that that's still like has ended up in the past being shown, I think, to like actually still not be the nail in the coffin, say for third-party developers, like say Instapaper or Pocket or whatever like that, that there still is room for indie developers to like do more on the sidelines because they really focus on that one, say something that's a feature to Apple. Indie developers have being able to turn things like that into products so that then by the time people move like past just wanting the most basic implementation of that feature that Instapaper and Pocket and other apps like that are still on the side. Similarly for podcasts, I think we've argued that when Apple first, the first, I can't remember which version of iOS it was, but Apple had their podcast app for ages that you had to go to the app store and download it. And then at some stage they put it on iOS by default and then there was a question like, is this going to be like terrible for third party developers now? Um, I think we've long argued that like, yeah, okay, people are going to get into podcasts by listening to Apple podcasts or whichever other apps, but that the position for Castro is like, once Apple podcast is no longer good enough for you, like, yeah, come over and, and like, we've got the real deal for you over here. <laughs> um, 
which could definitely, I think, be argued about Spotify as well, especially in terms of like, and there could be two sides to this, but like, it's incredible how fast they've grown. And it's kind of incredible to my eyes, at least, like how poor their actual podcast listening experience is in their app. So I'll set up the two sides for this and then throw it back over to you. And then we can like go back and forth on these. But like one side of that is, okay, that means that Spotify is like, has not yet at least like put like a lot of effort into its podcast playing experience, but is bringing new people into podcasting. And and that once those people realize that like, oh, I really love podcasts, but the experience of listening to them in Spotify kind of sucks, then they go looking for alternatives. And that then therefore, this is like a great opportunity for Castro and for other indie podcast apps, because more users are coming in to listening to podcasts. And then the other side of it, which is the like more <laughs> depressing side, is that like, oh my God, Spotify, like we've spent years like trying to make the most like crafted experience, the most like what we think is the best experience for listening to podcasts. And we've put so much effort into like all the different edge cases and like the different sides of it. And then Spotify can just come along and like throw a podcast button in an app basically. And like all of a sudden, pretty much overnight, they're the second most popular podcast app in the world. And maybe people don't even really care about the stuff that we care about. And like, we're doomed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we may be doomed eventually. Actually, well, one point, (laughs) if we're back on the doom clock, um, one point is a lot of the analysis that talks about this stuff and this happens anytime any big like business move happens. It's almost as if it's already done and we're already 10 years down the road. And it, mm. like it's talked about as if like Spotify has already won by like announcing an acquisition. They've done it. Well done, Spotify. And it's like, no, they still have to like, they still have to do the thing. <laughs> and that, that implementation is not going to be easy for them. Like their music app is a very good music app. And I use, I, prefer Spotify for music, for playing music than Apple Music and they get a lot of things really right but it's not a podcast app and the two are very different and they're going to have to reconcile that some way now I'm not saying that means they'll never do it and we're safe and nothing bad will ever happen to us but like it's a thing they have to do and I don't think they can necessarily just add a new podcast playing app because their audience has come from I really believe that they have just grown the podcasting audience. So whether they have 7 or 20%, I think that most of those users are people who weren't going to listen to podcasts otherwise. So they've made they've made the cake bigger rather than taking pieces from someone else. As their users start to listen to more and more podcasts, they're going to care about these features. And let's get specific about what they are just so it's not so that it's clear that some of these things do actually matter and they it's not just us in our blinkered view of what a podcast app has to be because for sure there's some of that where like i think we have our assumptions about what a podcast app must must be and some of those aren't true but some of them are (laughs) and some of them we know they're true because based on like us having not had certain features in the past and those being like used as reasons why nobody could ever really use castro as a serious podcast player for example okay so when we, we launched castro one there was no continuous play Every time you want to listen to an episode, you had to choose what it was. Yeah, and that that matters because often people play like forty minutes of a one hour podcast, and then they the next day they're going to go do the same forty minute journey. Say uh, they press play, and then they get twenty minutes of the end of a podcast, and they want something else to start playing. And like that's something people need to have. And actually, Spotify is great at it for music. You just hit 
play on anything and it'll I think it'll play its entire catalog for the rest of your life if you let it. Like it'll <laughs> it'll keep finding the next song to play. So it's poten- that's potentially something they could get good at automatically. We have the queue where you're quite manually putting things in there or telling particular shows to automatically go in there. And every other podcast app does something similar where like things are going into a playlist or a new list and you're playing from there. But Spotify could potentially bring some of their brains for knowing what to play next for music into podcasting. And that could be great for them. Could be great for them, for sure. One thing that that reminds me of is YouTube and how like if that is, say if that is what Spotify do and that becomes the dominant way of like how you like have a queue of episodes to listen to. Um, I feel like it's reminiscent of YouTube and the way that YouTube essentially, I think, could be argued to kind of stand in the way like between content producers and their audience. So say you subscribe to a channel in, in YouTube, you can turn on notifications, but if you didn't, you're you're left in this situation where you don't really know for sure if you're going to like see these new episodes from the channel that you've subscribed to. And from a content producer point of view, they don't know, like even when they publish episodes, like half the people that are subscribed to their channel might not even see them um, because YouTube has come up with this like algorithmic system of like okay autoplay and like what's going to play next um, and like even what's going to show on your on your home screen so yeah if spotify does go down that road of being more like youtube like in its way i can imagine that being potentially being frustrating for podcasters in the end in terms of spotify and its algorithm standing in the way between a podcaster and and the people that subscribe to the channel yeah definitely hopefully podcasters can be long-sighted about this stuff and think about the examples of like news organizations and Facebook and how that went for them. Um, But in the short term, if Spotify can bring piles and piles of advertising money, I think they'll be able to bring people along Hmm. and like gradually adjust that mix of who's getting the money. Like one thing in Spotify now is you can't see that's maybe like that. Uh, You can't see what new episodes have just come out. You have to tap into each podcast individually. Which is like if we imagine we just took the inbox out of Castro. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> like you couldn't use it anymore. Like you, you need a in like tr- certainly traditional podcast apps. You need a way to know what new episodes have come out so that you can decide what to listen to. It makes me think of Sodes even because I know when Jared first started designing that he kind of wanted it to just be like like it was not about like having like high volume of podcasts and of new episodes and that it just want he just wanted it to be like okay here's your podcast artwork tap into the one you want to listen to press play or even just tap it and play i can't remember exactly even jared through like using that app and from having feedback from people real like was like okay no i need to have i need i do need to surface episodes or i do need to have ways to tap into groups of episodes that not just be podcast based but yeah that's one example of where where spotify is like their podcast experience i just it feels like it's not really hasn't been developed very much yeah and like music versus podcasts need different controls and even things like the concept of playlists. If I make a playlist in Spotify, it's because that's a list of songs that I intend to listen to like four to five billion times. Whereas <laughs> if I have a playlist of podcasts, I never want to hear the same one again. Like I think I've only ever listened to the same episode of a podcast two or three times in my life where they've been really special episodes. So if you call something a playlist in a music app, it's going to mean something totally different than a podcast. 
So I think having a nice user experience there that makes sense to people is going to be a challenge. And that again, that doesn't mean it's the end of the world for them or that they won't figure it out. Like iTunes was not a great user experience and Apple still did great with it. But it's definitely if you're a small indie podcast app trying to figure out where you should be in the market, I think that's like focusing on that and making sure that you know what, I don't care if 70% of the users all use Spotify or Apple Podcasts or one of those big ones. As long as there's enough left over that want like a much better experience, we can we can work with that for sure. Um because it's still growing. There's still like millions and millions of people there. So if if you can get any kind of decent percentage that's still enough users to make a business work. Yeah. So I guess what it that all boils down to then as well, I guess, is that as long as we still have access to the content that I think there still is plenty of room there for indie podcast apps on the on the fringes. Like, regardless of where new podcasts are getting published, like even if it's on Anchor slash Spotify, um, as long as there's RSS feeds there, like I think there still is room for indie developers on the side. But it kind of comes back, I guess, to the fear of like, like the Gimlet acquisition feels like is more of a move towards exclusive content. The anchor acquisition feels like it's more of a hedge on expanding even who is podcasting at all. Spotify are still have said they're committed to having some content that like has RSS feeds and stuff like that in it. But once they reach like some kind of a critical level of popularity, that's when they don't have to say nice things like that anymore or do <laughs> those things anymore if they don't want to. Yeah, or even if you just like the only money you're going to get is when is the monetization through Spotify. So why give your show away for free with no ads to third-party apps? Just use Spotify. Like yeah. I can see a million ways they can get to it without even causing a ruckus. Yeah, or because yeah, because advertisers like Squarespace and everybody else is like, okay, there's no point in me directly sponsoring shows anymore. It's too awkward. I don't want to send an email every time I just want to sponsor one episode of a show. Like I just want to have my one control panel. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows what percentage is the tipping point? But like. Let's say it's let's say fifty percent. Let's say it's like someday Spotify has fifty one percent of people who listen to podcasts is in Spotify, and yeah, forty nine percent is split between Apple and a bunch of other people on the site. And Spotify has like one easy way to like go and do your ads. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we're all in trouble then. Like, I don't just mean us as like makers of an app. I think everyone who enjoys podcasts um, is in trouble then in terms of like the diversity of the ecosystem of like where they can get content from and like how they can consume that content is going to be in danger because if advertisers stop doing direct advertising at all, every podcaster is left where the only way for them to get advertising is to go to Spotify. And then, yeah, I'm not sure what that critical level is, but at some point I think if we there's some tipping point there where if it goes over that line, it's just going to like keep going all the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think, Another thing is people talk about these things in terms of like one company winning outright. Mm-hmm. And you see it often when there's new technology that like, oh, the iPhone just came out. It's going to be 100% of phones next year. And it just never really quite works out that way. You get to a point where like they are the dominant thing. Okay, maybe iPhones isn't the great analogy here. But you, you get to a point where they could be the dominant thing, but there could still be like 30 or 40% of podcasting happening elsewhere. Like, I don't think The Daily, for example, is going to rush to moving to Spotify. They've had bad experiences with aggregators before, and they're big enough to come out to run their own advertising. So there isn't as much of a clear argument for why they should be on Spotify. 
as long as there are still listeners out there using normal apps. So that's, uh, yeah, I guess that's the big question is if they can bring the listeners over. But you mentioned Apple, and I think a big question is what Apple will do. Um, I've seen a lot of people just dismiss them and say uh, either they won't do anything because podcasting isn't big enough for them to care. But like something I haven't really seen anyone mention before is that Spotify is a competitor to Apple Music. So they're directly competing. And at the moment, the only thing Spotify makes money on is it's selling music subscriptions. And Apple makes money from, obviously, a million different things. So Apple will probably win that battle if nothing else changes. But if they allow Spotify to get really established in podcasting, then that podcasting revenue can subsidize the music side. And Apple will have a much harder time beating them on the Apple music side. So I could see Apple responding, not because they want to protect podcasting or not because they see a huge opportunity in it, but as a defensive move so that they can continue to win at music subscriptions. So I definitely, I'm not, I don't know if Apple will succeed or like actually do something interesting. I hope, kind of hope they do. It'll be interesting just to watch, but I do think they have a big incentive to pay attention here and try to do something. So I don't know. I would watch Apple for the next year in podcasting and not not just dismiss them because they've been relatively quiet so far. I wonder what kind of moves Apple could take. Like what would be their like their way to like counter this? Is it by like more like Anchor where they like have tools for people to easily publish podcasts and they like do free hosting for people and stuff like that or is it like more towards the gimlet side of things or like the kind of moves that Apple are making or supposedly making for like TV shows and stuff like that where Apple get behind like producing content as well? This news from Spotify, both sides of it are like so different that then it's like is like Apple's response could be like in any multitude of different angles. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely curious to see if and how they do anything. Yeah, well, they could definitely do, they could take the other approach that's not advertising and try to do podcast subscriptions. That would be one one option where you pay like $5 a month to get premium episodes or to get any episodes of a given podcast. Yeah, they could do something on that side. Or they could include that in Apple Music somehow and get, yeah, like you said, do some exclusives. I kind of hope they don't try to build their own because the well, I've just had no interest in anything they've, any of the TV stuff that's been spoken about so far. I think podcasting is a medium where it's better to just be like, you're already successful, here's more money, go do your thing, <laughs> or here's more yeah. of a spotlight. Um, I don't really have a clue what they will do, but I just think they must be trying to think of something to do rather than just like lose this huge lead they have in podcasting to a company that's competing with them for something else they care about. Yeah, no, and that's that angle that you brought up about like Spotify being able to perhaps use like podcasts as a way to like leverage their position in music as well, I think is is probably central to the whole thing. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. But I, I do think for apps like us, there's a long time where lots of people are still going to want like a quote unquote real podcasting app. So I'm not not too worried directly. I'm just going to go into iTunes Connect and change our subtitle for our app. <laughs> How do you mean? To a real podcasting app. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's catchy. A real podcasting app. That's, 
<laughs> okay, I like that pretty much anyone could see that as our subtitle and be offended about it. That's good. Yeah, maximum offense. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Okay, well, this has been another episode of the Super Top Podcast. We'll be back soon with more news from Castro and more opinions on things <laughs> that happen. <laughs> Unless we're wrong and podcasting's just over because of Spotify in like a week. Yeah, in which case, it's been great knowing you. Yeah. 39 episodes was a good run. Well done, Podrick. Yeah, uh, subscribe to our show on Spotify, please. <laughs> <laughs> we are on Spotify. We have about two listeners there. So, I mean, if you want to be number three, yeah, we're there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, business masterminds here. Okay. <laughs> oh, nice. That sounded like, what was that? Glass of water? That was me almost knocking over my water bottle and then very quickly catching it i think that should be like the official end of super top episodes always ends with like that chime (laughs) (laughs) the times when i don't catch it there'll be like some loud swearing afterwards but uh. okay Uh, all right (laughs) see you okay bye